and welcome in. It is a brand new y'all show, packaged and ready for your entertainment. John Rawl is my name. The nickname that yours truly has is the General, and I'm kind of a general of what's going on across the Southeast. And so, let me get my commission in tow, and we'll have a good couple of hours filling you in with all of the Southern gossip. Hope y'all had a good day as we on Tuesday welcomed in the month of August so we're already more than 24 hours into a whole new month and what they call the hottest month of the year in our headlines today will tell you about how Texas is taking advantage of the extremely hot weather that we're seeing across the southeast right now and doing something about it when it comes to energy that's part of the news headlines today of course the big headline that happened Oh, somewhere around five or six o'clock on Tuesday was Donald Trump. Are you you counting them? This is now his third indictment as he was indicted for January 6th. And on today's show, we've got those headlines coming your way. But also in our final hour today, when Megan Headwall drops by, we're going to really get into the opinion of what that means as Trump charged for his efforts to overturn the 2020 presidential election. Plenty to say. I'm sure you've got something to say. In fact, if you've got something that you just can't hold back, well, by all means, whip out that cell phone and send us an email. (laughs) And you can do that at the following email address, mail at y'all.com. Mail at y'all.com is how you can reach us here at the show as we're powered by y'all.com the south's home page and if you haven't been there lately yet you need to go because we got a lot of great stuff that we posted in fact over the weekend i put up a brand new story that y'all need to check out it's called bringing southern charm back to your neighborhood organizing the block party and a lot of the kiddos are about to go back to school or they're already they may already be back ainsley lawrence has penned this article Sometime in the next couple of days, I'm going to walk through some of the highlights of this article at y'all.com, bringing Southern charm to your neighborhood, how you can organize a block party, a great way to send off the summer. And we'll have more on that story as we go forward in the coming days of this, the y'all show elsewhere in our headlines across the Southeast today, we've got some tragic news coming out of the state of Louisiana as a deputy marshal and another man killed and a woman critically wounded in a shooting during a drug investigation in South Louisiana. This is out of Ville Platte, Louisiana. I'll give you info on that story as we go through our headlines today. And another tragic day in the state of Georgia, five people, including two children, have been killed in a car crash in Putnam County, Georgia. I'll have info on that as well as in our headlines today. An update with a case that ties into Alec Murdoch. Russell Lafitte, that's the guy who was the banker in Alec Murdoch's hometown of Hampton, Hampton, South Carolina, rather. He's now been sentenced to seven years in prison. We'll give you the info from that. Plus, from Huntsville, Alabama, a worker for a contractor there was fired. Okay, that's not all that unusual, somebody losing their job. But it just so happened the worker was an Indian American and the reason he was fired he was talking Hindi on the phone that was the reason given for his firing and he's firing back now himself I don't know if he's doing it in English or in Hindi but we'll give you the update out of 
Rocket City, Alabama, Huntsville, USA. All that coming up in our news headlines today. And as we continue on with our show today, we've got plenty of Southern sports to pass along, including, hey, a no-no for the Houston Astros. We'll have complete coverage of, I think this was the 16th no-hitter thrown in Houston Astros history by Framba Valdez as the Astros at home against the Cleveland Indian Guardians tossing a no-hitter and a 2-0 victory for the Strohs in Houston. So congratulations to Valdez pitching that franchise's 16th no-hitter. That's pretty impressive for a MLB team that's only been around since the early 1960s. So we and and in fact Houston Astros news, we've got more coming your way in terms of pitchers and it had nothing to do with a no-hitter. It's a blast from the past. Justin Verlander coming back to Houston. I'll tell you about that decision as well as we've got the latest odds of who's going to make the college football playoff. Is your favorite team right there? I'm looking at you. Tulane Green Wave. Are you going to make it to the college football playoff this year? They came pretty close last year. Don't don't count out Roll Wave fans. Yeah. Tulane, we're looking at you. How about that other Roll team? How about the Roll Tide variety? What's their odds of making the college football playoff? We've got the odds makers numbers we'll share with you. Plus, as conference realignment's been cooking up since Colorado last week decided to move to the Big 12, it appears that the Pac-12 is nearing a deal for their future television rights, and it has nothing to do with your broadcast television outlets. So we'll have info on that as part of our Southern sports coverage here on this Wednesday Y'all Show. Before Hour 1 concludes today, we've got Hashtag Hullabaloo, and we're going to take you down to Bourbon Street, and I'm going to let you know all about Cafe Du Monde Oh, the wonderful beignet place. If you've ever been to the Big Easy, or if you've ever come within an earshot of the Big Easy, chances are you've had a few beignets from Cafe Dumont. Nobody does them like Cafe Dumont. I'm sorry. I'm going to give you the history. This is a place that goes all the way back to the Civil War, right when New Orleans surrendered without a shot, <laughs> frankly. We'll tell you about Cafe Dumont as well. As have you heard of the Pepper Stewart Show? I've got info on both of those items coming up in today's hashtag hullabaloo. All that this hour of the Y'all Show. Hour two today, in addition to the headlines and sports coverage, we've got a great Southern Business Spotlight coming your way. The best states to retire in. The website banklocations.net has come up with the list. Is your state right there atop the best places in the country to retire in. I'll let you know that in hour two. And in our final hour today, as I said, oh, the mayor will be back here to hold court. Megan Headwall, she's stopping by. And in addition to talking about Trump indictment number three, we're going to have her talk about how you can stay fit and stay in shape when you're on vacation. She just got back from going up to Yankee land and I'm going to find out from her, first of all, did she exercise while away? But if she didn't, she at least maybe virtually thought about it. Maybe she just plain thought about it. Maybe she didn't do a dang thing. Megan Headwall, our special guest in hour number three today. Plus, we've got a Southern History Spotlight 
since I was talking about in hour two, I'm going to be talking about Cafe Dumont in New Orleans. It brought up Acadiana and the history of Louisiana's French roots there, the French Cajun roots. And I'm going to tell you about Acadiana in our Southern History Spotlight, plus the other inhabitants of Louisiana when the folks from Acadia came down south around 1800 and settled in the swamps of Louisiana. There was also already in Louisiana American Indian tribes. And I'm going to walk through some of the tribes and, again, the history of Acadiana when we get to our Southern History Spotlight coming up in hour number three. That's a full show, y'all. That is quality entertainment. And we're going to push it here on the Y'all Show each and every time we get a chance to do that because this show on awesome radio stations across Dixie and, of course, we're in podcast form. You can find the Y'all Show and share it with your friends and family alike. Just go into Spotify, the iHeartRadio app, the TuneIn app, Apple iTunes, Apple Podcasts, and you can also find us at y'all.com. Any of those apps, you just got to find us. You got to pull out the old search option and search Y'all Show, and you'll see us. I was on my Apple TV the other day, and I hadn't opened up Spotify on that thing in quite some time, and right there it was staring at me in the face so I could sit around the house and do chores and listen to me all over again if I wanted to but you know what I don't really like listening to myself so I I think I put on some good music instead of listening to the y'all show podcast but it's there if you want it and it's a great option and we appreciate all of you who catch us each and every day in podcast form all right let's get into the headlines real quick here for this opening hour our opening salvo of southern conversation and the story coming out late Tuesday that Donald Trump has been indicted for efforts to overturn the 2020 election and to block the transfer of power. This was a four-count indictment that's now been set up. The Trump, the president's going to end up in Washington, D.C., I believe, on Thursday to be formally indicted, but indicted on felony charges with the Justice Department acting to hold him accountable for an unprecedented effort to block the peaceful transfer of presidential power and threaten American democracy. On Tuesday evening, the man that's leading the charge here, the Justice Department Special Counsel Jack Smith, said the attack on our nation's capital on January 6, 2021 was an unprecedented assault on the seat of American democracy. It was fueled by lies, lies by the defendant targeted at obstructing a bedrock function of the U.S. government, the nation's process of collecting, counting, and certifying the results of the presidential election. Of course, the Trump campaign fired back, calling the charges fake, and asked why it took two and a half years to bring them. It is very odd, I must say, that right now as we speak, at least as of Tuesday, and maybe these numbers will change to Trump's favor here today. But it's a complete deadlock, according to polling, between Trump and Biden in the general election for 2024. And Trump is absolutely destroying all of his Republican primary challengers. But this Trump indictment number three, and it looks like Fonnie Willis is going to likely drop the hammer on him in Georgia any second now. So he'll have what looks like four indictments. The Democratic leader in the U.S. Senate, Chuck Schumer, 
and House Minority Leader, Minority Leader Hakeem Jeffries, both of those men from the Empire State, they said after the third indictment of former President Trump that it is the most serious and most consequential thus far, this third indictment, and will stand as a stark reminder to generations of Americans that no one, including a President of the United States, is above the law. As they continued on together, Jeffries and Chuck Schumer, the insurrection on January 6, 2021 was one of the saddest and most infamous days in American history, personally orchestrated by Donald Trump and fueled by his insidious big lie in an attempt to undermine the 2020 election. In the deadly effort to overturn the will of the American people and block the peaceful transfer of power, our nation's capital the very symbol and home of American patriotism and democracy fell under attack to thousands of vicious and violent rioters. That the statement from New York's Chuck Schumer and Hakeem Jeffries, the leaders respectively of the U.S. Senate majority and the U.S. House minority. There's going to be much more coming on this story for sure. In fact, again, Megan and I in hour number three today to start off things. We're going to really focus in and get each other's perspectives and we welcome your perspective on what's going on in Washington, D.C. At least what happened with the latest indictment of Donald J. Trump. Some terrible news out of the law enforcement community. To Ville Platte, Louisiana we go. A deputy marshal in that town in Louisiana This deputy marshal and another man killed and a woman critically wounded in a shooting during a drug investigation in this South Louisiana town. Shooting happened Tuesday at the scene in the in the city where Ville Platte Deputy Marshal Barry Giglio died at this community seventy five miles northwest of Baton Rouge. It's where Ville Platte is. I guess it's must be near Alexandria. I've seen it on the map. I just it's been a while since I looked it up. Ville Platte, Louisiana. Again, the deputy marshal of that town, Barry Giglio, dying at the scene. He was shot while helping members of the Evangeline Parish Sheriff's Office serve a search warrant in a home where drug activity was suspected. A man and a woman in the home also struck by gunfire, taken to the hospital. The man died. A person's been arrested, but authorities did not immediately release the names of the suspect and the other victims or other details of the shooting. The mayor of Ville Platte, Ryan Leday Williams, said, This tragedy is yet another reminder of the sacrifices men and women in law enforcement make each and every day when they put on their uniform and badge, not knowing if they'll come home to their families at the end of the day. Deputy Marshal Giglio's ultimate sacrifice of his community will never be forgotten. Again, out of Ville Platte, Louisiana, this sheriff's, this I'm sorry, this town deputy, Ville Platte Deputy Marshal Barry Giglio killed at the scene on Tuesday. A tragic day on the highways of Georgia as an eight-month-old and a three-year-old were among five killed in a crash in Putnam County. That coming out from the Putnam County, Georgia Sheriff's Office. 
This happened on U.S. Highway 141 early on Tuesday. 22-year-old Haley Brooke Hayes was driving on the wrong side of the road when she hit Mela Dosti, the 44-year-old, head-on. Both of those ladies pronounced dead on the scene. The three other occupants of Haley Brooke Hayes' car also died on scene. They were identified as 23-year-old Zaley Adaya Brooks and Hayes' two children, eight-month-old Tucker Hudspeth and three-year-old Bentley Barlow. The sheriff of Putnam County, Howard Seals, said Dostile, or Dosti was driving home from work. Hayes had reportedly been driving on the wrong side of the road for more than a mile. Another example of wrong way driving. This happens way too much. And this was on a U.S. highway in Georgia. Putnam County is where we're talking about now. Bear with me here. I'm going to have to pull this up. I'm not exactly sure where Putnam County, Georgia is located. So, you know, Georgia's called the Empire State of the South because they got well over 100 counties in the Empire State of the South. So, yeah, Putnam County, Georgia is located in the central portion of the state. Okay, so I guess it must not be. Eatonton is the county seat of where Putnam County is. Not all that far from Macon, Georgia is where we're talking about. And a tragic day with five people killed in a crash caused by a driver going down the wrong way on U.S. 141. And another story out of Georgia, another tragic story. Twelve dogs have died after the air conditioning failed on the way to an adoption event. Lifeline Animal Project said that over the weekend, 12 dogs were taken to an out-of-state adoption event. The organization said that there were frequent stops to check on the dogs, but 12 of these dogs died. There was a whole, I guess, carload of these dogs because they were able to save another 22 dogs because they had emergency supplies on hand. But in an effort to save lives because of a failed air conditioning in the vehicle used to transport these dogs as part of the Lifeline Animal Project. The temperature gauge for the trailer that was displayed in the cab remained around 72 to 65 degrees and did not indicate any issues. So I guess they were pulling a trailer and these dogs in that trailer did not have proper air conditioning and gosh, on a horrible hot weekend day, a dozen of them end up succumbing to the heat and unfortunately these dogs have perished when they were being transported for a good thing likely to be adopted by a loving future pet owner somewhere out there in the southeast and that's some of our headlines to open up the y'all show here on this wednesday edition when we come back we're going to scoot over to the sports desk and give you the update on the houston astros throwing their 16th no hitter on tuesday we'll have that plus a little college football notes to pass along to this is the y'all show talk with a southern accent
pretend that I'm glad you went away But these four walls closing more every day And I'm dying inside And nobody knows it but me And I put on a show The pain is real Even if nobody knows And I'm crying inside And nobody knows it but me Why didn't I say The things I needed to say How could I let my angel get away Just a tumbling down I can see it so clearly But you're nowhere around Nights are lonely The days are so sad I just keep thinking about The love that we had And I'm missing you the debut song for Kevin Sharp back in 1996. He took that one to the top. Sadly, we lost Kevin Sharp at age 43 in 2014 is his long battle with bone cancer ultimately took his life. Hmm, tough, tough deal, but he had a couple of big songs back in those mid-90s with that one there is followed by She's Sure Taking It Well and If You Love Somebody went to number four on the chart. Kevin Sharp music here on the y'all show and that'll help set us up for today's first southern sports report where we give you all the latest of what's going on in the world of southern sports and congratulations to the houston astros on tuesday Framber valdez pitched a no-hitter for the strohs the 16th no-hitter in houston astros history as they took care of business against the cleveland indian guardians to nil the victory there in Houston on Tuesday. Now, this was a, a big day on the mound for Houston Astros pitchers. Not only was this a, a no-hitter thrown by Valdez, which, by the way, that was the third no-hitter for Major League Baseball already in 2023. Hmm. I remember where there would be years where there would not be any no-hitter in the MLB. And we've already seen three in 2023. I thought it was supposed to be harder to throw no-hitters in this pitch clock era. But congratulations to the pitcher for Houston, Frambert Valdez, with a big, big day on the mound for Houston. As I said, he wasn't the only Houston pitcher making headlines on Tuesday as the Strohs bringing back Justin Verlander from the New York Mets. Verlander with a 1.49 ERA over the last seven starts. That's the third lowest ERA in Major League Baseball. He won the 2022 American League Cy Young and ended up winning the World Series with the Astros when he was with them in a previous stint. The Astros reaching an agreement with the New York Mets Tuesday to reacquire Verlander, bringing the reigning Cy Young winner back to Houston. Outfielder Drew Gilbert Rated as the Strohs' best prospect by MLB.com is heading to New York in the deal. And a minor league outfielder, Ryan Clifford. 
but the 40-year-old Justin Verlander, who returned from Tommy John surgery to capture his third Cy Young in Houston in 2022 and help them win the World Series last year with a just impressive, impressive performance. He signed a two-year, $86.7 million with the Mets in the offseason. But in Houston, I guess they realize we've got a chance to repeat as world champions and right now we got to get past those Rangers in the AL Central or AL West I guess is the division they play in and uh, Verlander now after just a few months away back in Houston and back in the thick of things Stroh's fans especially after they got all the publicity from a no-hitter Tuesday from a very good pitcher on the mound and Verlander down the Cy Young winner for goodness sakes coming over to help out if you take a look at what's going on MLB standing wise in that AL West the Strohs currently are a half game behind the Rangers the Angels are five and a half back you know the Angels have been teasing a deal with Shohei Atani and I don't think they're going to let him go surely to goodness I mean this guy has the potential to be the biggest player in that franchise's history if he's not already you know come to think of it who are the greatest angels players and i can't tell you because i don't really follow them that closely the halos aren't exactly on my must-see tv list don't hate them don't hate them kind of feel sorry for them <laughs> they're in the la market always having a fight for attention over those dodgers but yeah the los angeles angels of los angeles have a five-and-a-half game mark behind the Rangers at this point. Seattle and the horrible Oakland Athletics. Oakland trails the Rangers by 31-and-a-half games right now. I don't, I don't, I don't think they're going to be able to catch up. That's a quick look at some baseball news and notes here on today's Y'all Show. And let me tell you something college football-wise before we head over to hashtag HuddleBlue. Pac-12 Commissioner George Klavikoff Tuesday presented his conference's presidents and chancellors with a potential primarily subscription-based Apple streaming deal for a new TV contract for that conference. Remember, because of the Pac-12's failure to have a future on broadcast TV and primarily ESPN, that's why teams like Colorado have packed up their belongings and are shipping off to the Big 12 next year. The Big 12 will have a new TV deal that starts in 2025. The Pac-12 still negotiating. Somebody dropped the ball in that conference, and they may end up losing other teams. Mr. Klavikov, what's going on there with the Pac-12? But it looks like they're going to have to settle for whatever scraps they can get, and that's why the leaders of the Pac-12 are considering an Apple streaming deal as their future broadcast home. We'll keep you posted if they end up signing the dotted line on that. And that concludes Hour 1's sports coverage here on the Y'all Show. When we come back, y'all, we're going to have hashtag blue. I'm going to tell you all about Cafe Du Monde, that lovely place on Bourbon Street that you can get those tasty beignets. We've got info on that. Plus, what is the Pepper Stewart Show? I'm going to tell you all about that show when the Y'all Show, this show, comes right back. 
we will take you up on that offer from Gary U.S. Bonds. Back in 1960, that song went to number six on the charts for the Jacksonville, Florida native. Gary U.S. Bonds is still with us. Thankfully, he's now 84 years young. Gary LaVon Anderson. And a big song. That was his debut track there. New Orleans, he also had the songs Quarter to Three and School is Out. All back in those early 1960s. Gary U.S. Bonds music talking about New Orleans. And speaking of the big easy, we now have on the Y'all Show as we wrap up our first hour. Hashtag Huddleballoo, where we find things on social media that are all about the South. And Michelle Whitcamp is on Twitter, or should I say X. The handle is Esther underscore Prophecy. I am an advocate for the elderly and children who deserve the most respect, a modern-day Esther. That's what Michelle Whitcamp describes herself as. Again, the account Esther underscore Prophecy. And she has this week gone on social media and posted the following. Cafe Du Monde, only in Louisiana. And hey, you are absolutely right on that, Michelle. Or should I call you Esther underscore Prophecy. Cafe Du Monde, home of the famous beignets of the Big Easy. Cafe Du Monde, if you don't know, it's an open-air coffee shop on Decatur Street in the French Quarter of New Orleans. It's a landmark. When you go to New Orleans, you got to find Cafe Du Monde. And they have the incredible beignets, but they have the coffee cups and the packaging that have their really distinctive cursive logo on there. And, man, it is just, it's just a tradition. It is absolutely a tradition, Cafe Du Monde on Decatur Street. I wasn't sure what street it was on, but they they have those beignets that if you have not had a beignet, then you just haven't lived in the South. Now, the Acadians brought over beignets with them. The Acadians are the ones that settled in Louisiana in the 18th century. Unlike donuts, beignets are squared pieces of dough that have no hole in the middle and are most often covered with powdered sugar. Gosh, that they're good. Sometimes they're even served with fruit, maple syrup, and other things like jam. At Cafe Du Monde, the beignets are served with a thick coating of powdered sugar and sold in orders of three. And that menu at Cafe Du Monde includes dark roasted coffee, beignets, they have white and chocolate milk, hot chocolate, and fresh squeezed orange juice. They keep it simple there at Cafe Du Monde. The beignets at Café du Monde, the only food item on the French market locations menu. And Café du Monde, according to their vice president, is committed to keeping things the way they've always been. Recipes have gone relatively unchanged. Café du Monde started way back in 1862, the same year that I think New Orleans surrendered the Confederate forces there to the Yankees. <laughs> and I guess they lowered the stars and bars and raised up Café Du Monde at the same time. Again, this is a New Orleans tradition for sure. Café Du Monde and we want to give proper credit to Michelle Whitcamp aka Esther Prophecy on X for letting us know all about it or at least reminding us about Café Du Monde. Now, 
I know a trip to New Orleans is always a fun thing to do, although personally I have not been to New Orleans. I, I was within 50 miles of it a couple of weeks ago, actually, but I didn't go there. I'm, I'm still a little mad at New Orleans, if you want to know the truth. But I haven't been there as a tourist since the 1990s. I have not lived, I have not gone and hung out in downtown New Orleans in over 20 something years. Now, it might have been the last time I was there. I went down for a wedding. And if you've never been to a wedding in New Orleans, then you're missing out. In fact, the wedding I went to was at a really cool, as most churches would be in New Orleans, old Catholic church. I went to a Catholic formal wedding that had communion and everything, and it didn't have air conditioning, and it was around Labor Day. When this wedding was being held, I, it might have been the weekend after Labor Day because I went to an NFL game when I was there. I saw the Saints play, but the the wild thing was the bride. Maybe it was nerves, maybe it was the heat. She passed out and the wedding, and so what would have been an hour long Catholic wedding ended up being about a two and a half hour. It got to be so ridiculous that yours truly and a whole bunch of other people just kind of left the church. I hope they're still married. If not, they're probably looking at me thinking, hey, that John guy is the reason our marriage didn't work out. I'm sure that's not the case, but that likely is uh, just a, a, a crazy memory that it's been that long since I've been to the Big Easy, at least in the city limits of the Big Easy. Now, I will tell you that, yes, the original Cafe Dubon is located at 800 Decatur Street in New Orleans, but if you've seen that name, around New Orleans, you don't have to go into the French Quarter to enjoy Café du Monde. It might not be quite the same as hanging out one under that umbrella in the French Quarter, but they have a location of Café du Monde in Mandeville, one in Covington on the North Shore, Riverwalk, Lakeside, they've got one in Kenner on Williams Boulevard. I'm trying to see if they've got any outside of the New Orleans area. No, they're all still kind of mostly located around the New Orleans city limits area, including Uncle Wilbur's Emporium on Decatur Street. They got one. And Granddad's General Store. <laughs> but most of the locations are, of course, right there in the city limits, with the exception, as I said, a, a, a North Shore location. You can find Covington at Cafe Du Monde on Highway 21 there. But that original location, worth checking out. They do have a website. You can go to Cafe Dumont's website that is shop.cafedumont.com and if you go there you'll find some good mixes where you can give your own spin if you'd like on making beignets they've got the mixes they've got the coffee they've got a nice basket you can order that's got coffee mugs and their beignet mix packaged in there and then they even have instructions on how you can make a beignet. Since 1862, the original French market coffee stand in New Orleans, Louisiana. Cafe Du Monde. And we cannot thank our online Esther at underscore Esther underscore prophecy, Michelle Whitcamp, for sharing her information today about how Cafe Du Monde is truly only in. Louisiana. Thank you for that. Now, it's going to be hard to move on from talking about beignets to something else, but 
I'm going to have to do it because here at Hashtag Hullabaloo, we look at a wide variety of things that come our way and we share it with you. So we go to a relatively new X account. It's DBTV. I saw their list of followers. It's less than 100. So maybe we can help good old DBTV out today. At DBTV Network is what DBTV is. DBTV Network, a worldwide 24-7 streaming channel with a wide variety of shows for anyone. I think I'm going to have to add that one to my Roku or perhaps my Apple TV viewing regimen. <laughs> DBTV. And when I go there to their account on X, I see this post and I see a guy wearing sunglasses with a white cowboy hat on and he's pictured right next to a beautiful white horse. I'm, I'm looking at the modern day John Wayne, it appears. But no, actually, I might be looking at the modern day Pepper Stewart. Because this DBTV network post on X says, tune into the Pepper Stewart show, hosted by none other than Pepper Stewart. Get all the latest from down south and rural lifestyle. Watch DBTV on Roku TV Amazon Fire and online at dbtv.tv Pepper Stewart Show I'm going to have to give that one a watch again Pepper at least according to this photograph here is not afraid to put on his white cowboy hat and stand right next to that beautiful white horse get on your white horse y'all the Pepper Stewart Show let me see if I can't find out a little bit more about Pepper Stewart. Pepper Stewart has a website called PepperStewart.com. Has a store that you can buy Pepper Stewart t-shirts, hoodies, and more. And I think Pepper's into the whole rodeo scene. Maybe that's why I'm not all that familiar with this rising TV star. Pepper Stewart, talk show host, media personality, and horseman. Pepper Stewart left the rodeo arena in 2000 for the family life. He grew up in Central Texas. Grew up on a family farm that dated back to the 1800s. Pepper's time spent on the farm tending to cattle and riding colts and has taken that experience now to being a talk show and media personality. Pepper Stewart. And he has his various accolades from the rodeo world but he also has done work and shows off his work as a farm and ranch TV host he hosted a talk show there for seven years and he's been a cowboy model how about that no wonder his picture here next to this white horse stands out in a big way a cow I don't know if he's modeling the horse or if he's modeling himself but either way they, they both look pretty and he's been photograph wearing his western wear and more <clears throat> he was in the remake of Dallas he was on Yellowstone 1883 it appears and he was in a Chase Rice music video so yeah you might have seen this guy before Pepper Stewart and his website is pepperstewart.com and he's got his show on this streaming channel that you can check out if you're a Roku fan or even Apple TV 
and Amazon. Check it out. It's the streaming channel DBTV, DBTV Network, a 24-7 streaming channel with a wide variety of shows for anybody. Maybe they're giving HGTV a run for the money. Maybe they're giving RFDTV a run for their money. And I don't really know what DB stands for, but um, no DBT, I think, is sometimes used as a, a shortened way of doubt. So there's no DBT that this network might be pretty pretty good and, and worth a watch. And I love the fact that this show, Pepper Stewart Show, says that they have the latest from down south and they got rural lifestyle featured. That is important because, you know, not far from Pepper, in Central Texas, you find Waco, and that's where the Gaines boys are located. It's actually the Gaines boy and the Gaines girl. We're talking Chip and Joanna. And I don't see a whole lot of Southern coming on their show. I'm sorry. I know they've been successful. My goodness, have they been successful. But I don't see much Southernness coming out of Waco on that show. So maybe, just maybe, on the Pepper Stewart show, when you tune in on DBTV, you'll get a plenty of uh, good Texas and Southern and rural lifestyle fun. And we really appreciate that picture because that picture of Pepper and his horse is what caught our eyes here as we've had this hashtag Hullabaloo feature. And we're excited to tune in when we get the opportunity to see exactly what DBTV Network is all about. And I think it's going to be great. In fact, executives at DBTV Network, if you're if you're listening to the Y'all Show today, maybe just maybe you can find us a home on that network if you think we are worthy. And I think we are, because we do here on this show, maybe we don't talk about the cowboy and rodeo lifestyle like Pepper Stewart does on his show sometimes, but we have a blend of Southern information, and we do it in a way nobody else does it. I don't think they do it. Maybe there's a show just like this on DBTV, <laughs> DBTV and I don't realize it, but I don't think so. We put a lot into this show. But we, you know what? We couldn't do it without y'all. So thank you so much as we have this show up each and every weekday with three hours of conversation about Dixie. From our news and sports to our gossip to our social media fun and so much more. Got a lot of politics we cover on this show, too. In fact, when we have our third hour today, Megan Hellwall will be on, and we're going to talk about this latest Trump indictment. When the Y'all Show comes back in hour number two, make sure you stay tuned. We've got the best states to retire in, thanks to banklocations.net. All that will be covered, plus the latest in news and sports on the show that shakes the Southland. We are the Y'all Show. southern states with a dose of news sports entertainment political tidbits food 
travel and more. We are y'all, and I'm the general of all things Southern. They call me John Rawl. Rhymes with y'all. And this show powered by y'all.com, the South's homepage. Check it out if you get a chance. As we have a complete dose of Southern goodness virtually right there at y'all.com. But right now, audio-wise, we have the Y'all Show broadcasting on awesome radio stations as well as in podcast form. And we appreciate everybody who checks us out each and every day via our podcast options. If you want to get in touch with the Y'all Show, there's a couple of ways to do that. You can drop us an an email mail m-a-i-l at y'all.com is an easy way to reach us here if you've got something to say or some information you want to pass along m-a-i-l mail at y'all.com and we also have our 24-hour text line that's open for you to text anytime and i got a text that has come in that i'm going to read when megan's here in a little bit 615-208-4184 is the way to get in touch with us via our 24-hour text line for exclusively for the y'all show coming up in the second hour today we have more sports coverage to tell you about including some of the odds for your college football playoff of 2023 is your team expected to make it into the the big game before they expand it in 2025 i think it is to 100 teams to the playoff i'm I'm being a little bit facetious but yeah we got all that coming up our coverage of Southern sports and more on the no-hitter tossed by the Houston Astros pitcher on Tuesday evening. All that coming up in our sports coverage in the next segment. Before the hour is up, thanks to the website bank-locations.net, we have the best states to retire in. And is your state in that list? That's part of our Southern Business Spotlight. That's coming up in a little bit here in hour two. And don't forget, Megan Headwall also will be stopping by and giving us her take on presidential indictment number three. As well as Megan's going to let us know some tips for staying in shape while you're on the road vacationing. All that coming up in our final hour. Plus, a look more at we talked earlier in hour two, or rather hour one's conclusion. We're in hour two now. See, you lose track when we start talking about all this fun stuff. But we were talking an hour one about Cafe Dumont and how beignets at Cafe Dumont in New Orleans have their heritage in Acadiana. And I'm going to tell you in hour three in our Southern History Spotlight, what exactly is Acadiana? And we'll also walk through some of the native tribes that the early French settlers that found their way into Louisiana, the folks they ran across, the American Indian tribes of Louisiana. All that will be spotlighted in our Southern History Spotlight of hour number three so let's dive into this hour's headlines and the big story coming out tuesday president trump has received oh he's got another indictment and thursday he'll show up i think in in washington dc to be formally charged as he was indicted on felony charges for working to overturn the 2020 election results and the run-up to the violent riot by his supporters at the u.s capitol The Justice Department is acting to hold him accountable for an unprecedented effort to block the peaceful transfer of presidential power and threaten the country's democracy. And a guy who is a Democratic partisan attorney is the one that had the press conference 
on Tuesday. The guy that is working against him in the Mar-a-Lago case. And, and that's Smith. And Attorney General Merrick Garland is the guy who appointed Jack Smith to this position to go after President Trump. And the likely Trump defenders are coming out in defense of him. The witch hunt, as they say, continues. And it is a... I won't say it's a dark day. I mean, if you're like me, and we've got a lot more to say about this in hour three when Megan's here. I'm really trying to hold off opinion for the most part. But I'm, I'm being honest on this one. Prior to... The Stormy Daniels case, we'd never seen a president or former president indicted for anything in American history. And when that thing went down, Alvin Bragg in New York City, it seems like a couple of years ago now, when that went down, and then you got the Mar-a-Lago Jack Smith indictment about the classified information stored at Mar-a-Lago that went down earlier in the summer I guess I mean if you're like me this is kind of old hat it's it's. I say keep bringing them because it's only helping Trump's numbers out and frankly I don't, I don't know if there's a smoking gun on any of this stuff I really don't I mean Trump has a right to his First Amendment, and that includes the right to say, I think I got screwed in this election. And that's what he kept saying. Did he do something illegal? We'll find out. We don't want to let the Justice Department completely fall under the attack that it is a witch hunt. But I don't know if there's anything to this. And surely to goodness, these are smart people. Merrick Garland and, and Smith have a clue what they're doing here. Is it worth it? Is it going to really fix our country? Is is Donald Trump that big of a threat? Some would say yes. Some would say yes. Or was he on January 6th just trying to get another opinion? Remember, I don't think he was trying to overthrow democracy specifically on that day. What he was trying to do was hold off a couple of days. They did not absolutely have to count votes on January 6th, in his opinion. It could have been a couple of more days because the way that the Constitution was changed throughout history, remember, we used to have inaugurations in March. And that happened all the way up until, I guess, after Franklin D. Roosevelt was president. And so that, that was done for a reason, to help give plenty of time to count the votes remember in the old days they had to literally count every vote by hand they didn't have hanging chads and all that kind of nonsense in the 18th and 19th centuries and 20th centuries even for most of it and uh and so there there was a reason that they chose to have inaugurals happen in march well they pushed that back up with some changes to the constitution i guess that's in a uh, new constitution that our new Bill of Rights not that's not in the Bill of Rights it would be 
one of the amendments to the Constitution. They changed somewhere in the 20 range, I guess. But even even if it still you're going to have the 20th of January as your inauguration day, we're talking about January 6th and when this happened. And so Trump was still trying to get more information coming in from states like Michigan and Georgia and more. And he was only wanting them to hold off as far as I could tell. Again, I'm not Trump. I'm not going to be testifying for him for any of this stuff. But I think I'm, I think I'm telling you all the same stuff that you likely already know. But I will say, if you're like me also, this third indictment, it's getting to be like no big deal. I mean, is that a terrible thing to admit? But when I thought saw this yesterday, break the news on, on Tuesday that Trump was being indicted for all these January 6th offenses it wasn't even worth watching it wasn't even worth watching on TV and I didn't in fact I guess Trump didn't come out with a press conference of his own specifically for Tuesday I guess he'll have one Thursday when he is formally charged for these latest violations but Trump back in the news as he loves to be in the news cycle for sure and in our third hour, I'm going to try to play audio from my new favorite Ohio guy, <laughs> Vivek Ramaswamy. He's running for president. And boy, he had a great response to Trump's third indictment. And I'm going to play about the, it's about a four minute clip. I think we'll be able to squeeze that in. I thought he did a great job and a very honest job. And the reason. I'm playing it because if you look closely at Ramaswamy's statement about Trump's indictment, he's not reading a teleprompter. He's speaking from the heart. And that means a lot. That means a lot. So we'll have that package for you in our final hour. Let's move away from Trump talk to sad news out of Ville Platte, Louisiana. A deputy marshal in that town, Ville Platte, Deputy Marshal Barry Giglo dying at the scene at this town northwest of Baton Rouge Monday evening as the officer shot while helping members of the Evangeline Parish Sheriff's Office serve a search warrant in a home where drug activity was suspected. And this deputy marshal of Ville Platte and another man killed a woman in the home critically wounded in this shooting during a drug investigation in the South Louisiana town one person arrested, but authorities did not immediately release the names of the suspect and the other victims or other details of the shooting. The mayor of Ville Platte, Louisiana, Ryan Lede Williams, said, This tragedy is yet another reminder of the sacrifices men and women in law enforcement make each and every day when they put on their uniform and badge, not knowing if they'll come home to their families at the end of the day. Deputy Marshal Giglio's ultimate sacrifice in service of his community will never be forgotten another hero in blue taken from us a sad day in central Georgia as early on Tuesday morning an 8 month old a 3 month old they were among 5 people killed in a car crash on US 141 near Edenton, Georgia this is in central Georgia not far from Macon and this crash caused by a 22-year-old woman 
driving on the wrong side of the road and she hit a 44 year old woman's car and the occupants all dying in these cars including an eight month old and a three year old five people in all killed in Putnam County Georgia early on Tuesday other headlines across the south today Matt Gates. we mentioned him on Tuesday's y'all show I think it was the West Florida congressman the attorney the fast talking Matt Gates. he's actually calling out his governor of Florida Ron DeSantis who's running for president he's calling Ron DeSantis thirsty for inviting Kamala Harris to Florida to discuss black history standards he's actually sent a letter to Kamala Harris saying Matt Gates wrote in Florida we are unafraid to have an open and honest dialogue about the issues Matt Gates <laughs> this guy is uh, potential VP material for President Trump maybe Matt Gates mocking Ron DeSantis for inviting Kamala Harris I don't know if y'all heard about this as he invited her to Florida to discuss the state's newly updated standards for teaching black history and now the West Florida Congressman Gates, who has already endorsed President Trump in the GOP presidential primary, had something to say about DeSantis inviting the vice president to the Sunshine State. And Gates wrote an, a long, long statement, actually, but included in that was the following. Imagine being desperate enough to be thirsty for a Kamala visit. <laughs> Yeah, remember Kamala, if you didn't follow the story at the end of this last week, she got mad about these black history standards that are being altered in the state of Florida. So much so that within 24 hours, she followed a social media meme and got mad about it and decided to head on to Florida herself. So she went to Jacksonville and held a rally there. I think it was on Friday or Saturday. And the vice president told a a crowd there yeah she actually pulled in a few people in to, to listen to her she told this Jacksonville crowd that Florida's new curriculum replaces history with lies now our Republican opponents in the Sunshine State and report, reporters would have to disagree Harris claimed middle school students in Florida will be told that enslaved people benefited from slavery DeSantis sending a letter to Kamala Harris asking her to come on down and let's talk about it. But DeSantis in that letter said, in Florida we are unafraid to have an open and honest dialogue about the issues and you clearly have no trouble ducking down to Florida on short notice. So given your grave concern, which I assume is sincere about what you think our standards say, I am officially inviting you back down to Florida to discuss our African-American history standards. We will be happy to host you here in Tallahassee, DeSantis added. I don't know if Kamala's been to, 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 to Tallahassee. It's a nice place. Nice state capital. In fact, I was in Tallahassee right at the start of the year and I saw them setting up the chairs in front of the old capital for the Ron DeSantis swearing in for his second term and the funny thing about DeSantis and Matt Gates is Matt Gates 
actually helped Ron DeSantis get elected governor. He prepared him for debates. He championed him to be governor. And I think they probably get along fine, except when it comes to Trump. And the reason they don't get along with each other now is because Gates is in the Trump camp. And DeSantis is having a hard go of it. He can't get out of Trump's lane. And Trump's on the fast track to getting the nomination. That is, if he can stay out of jail. Update out of the low country of South Carolina. Russell Lafitte, the former CEO of Palmetto State Bank, has now been sentenced to 84 months in prison after being convicted of conspiring with Alec Murdoch in a years-long scheme that totaled up to be millions of dollars. Lafitte, right there in Hampton, South Carolina, would work with Alec Murdoch, who we know would go on to kill his wife and his son and is possibly the murderer of their housekeeper and just just a, a captivating case that caught the nation's attention earlier this year when Murdoch went to trial for killing his wife and son. Lafitte, convicted of conspiring to commit wire fraud and bank fraud, wire fraud, bank fraud, and three counts of misapplication of bank funds, the district judge, Richard Gurgle, sentencing Lafitte to 84 months in prison, plus he'll have to pay $3.55 million in restitution. And I think he worked alongside Alec Murdoch on a lot of Alec's uh, shady transactions. That's how this guy got busted. Lafitte collected around $392,000 for his work as a personal representative for six clients of a personal injury law firm in Hampton, South Carolina. That would be Alec Murdoch's firm, if you're wondering. Prosecutors said that Lafitte transferred personal loans to both himself and Murdoch from the six conservator accounts, and the funds were used for personal expenses. Yikes. So, another example of people doing the wrong thing and ultimately it might take a while this was a clean cut all American type guy right there in a nice postcard town of Hampton South Carolina but in even our most beautiful settings and our beautiful people in this case Alec Murdoch with all the power and influence and all the family influence and a guy who was the CEO of the local bank one's in jail and likely never get out for murder that would be Murdoch and here this guy's going to go to jail for quite some time and have to pay back a bunch of money for being a thief a thieving thief out of the low country of South Carolina an Indian American engineer in Huntsville was fired in 2022 from his longtime job with a Huntsville missile defense contractor. And the reason 78-year-old Anil Varshne was fired was that he was speaking Hindi on the telephone, the language that Indians speak. And this man has now filed a lawsuit. First of all, he was working at a missile defense contractor at 78 years old working there yeah that's what the story says but he was a longtime senior systems engineer with Huntsville missile defense contractor Parsons Corporation 
and he's filed a federal lawsuit that alleges systemic discriminatory actions by the company that culminated in his firing in October after a co-worker who was white heard him speaking Hindi on a telephone call with his dying brother-in-law in India. And according to the lawsuit, the co-worker falsely reported that Varshney and falsely reported him for a violation of security regulations. This lawsuit filed in the Northern District of Alabama's court. The lawsuit continues that Mr. Varshney accepted the call from his brother-in-law in an empty cubicle and spoke to him for approximately two minutes. Despite there being no policy prohibiting the call and without any investigation, defendants claim Mr. Varshney committed a serious security violation and fired him. Worse, they blackballed him from future missile defense agency work, effectively ending his career and the life of service to the United States government. And he's firing back after, again, this co-worker reported him for speaking Hindi in Huntsville, Alabama. We'll find out if he's got any proof to defend his case there. That's not a good story for him and not a good thing that happened, if, if that is indeed true, coming to us out of the Rocket City. And lastly, we have had triple-digit temperatures going on for quite some time, and now it's August. It's the hottest month usually in the entire year right now and because of that in texas despite the horrible temperatures and the triple digits sometimes getting near, nearly 120 degrees in portions of the lone star state there actually could be a little bit of good good news coming out of, of this heat wave gas prices have gone up i just paid about a dollar more than i should have been paying uh three months ago gas was 230 240 for me and I just had to pay about 330 not good but Texas has built up its solar power capacity over the past few decades and because of the tremendous heat and the sun and more Texas has now produced about 15% of the state's energy because of solar power all this air conditioner kicking into high gear with these hot temperatures thankfully you've got this 15% help coming in from solar energy the sun a key part of keeping the energy grid stable in peak hours highs reached record territory in Texas earlier this week temperatures seen nearly at 112 degrees in north Texas half of the state's energy demands on days like the day that it was 112 come from homes and businesses using air conditioners and some of these solar powered options are are helping out about 15 percent of that supply for monday for the energy came from the sun and at night according to experts texas is benefiting from wind power the public utility commission announcing at a may press conference that Texas could not keep up with a growing population without wind and solar power working together. Maybe there's a place for that stuff. I wonder, though, if it would be able to churn and spin without a bunch of federal money kicking in and keeping it afloat. And that wraps up our headlines for Hour 2 here on today's Y'all Show. We're going to keep spinning and churning 
Southern Conversation. When we come back, we've got the latest from Houston, not about solar energy, but about the burst of the Houston Astros as they had quite a burst on the mound Tuesday. They threw the franchise's 16th no-hitter in a ball game against Cleveland. I'll give you the latest on that, plus some college football news. We've got the odds of your team making it to the college football playoff. All of that is right ahead, and before the hour is up, thanks to bank-locations.net, we've got the best states to retire in, and I'll share you with you the top ones. All that is right ahead. going today. Earlier in the show, I mentioned the Tulane Green Wave and that the fight song of the old Roll Wave crew. Welcome back. It is the Y'all Show here where we talk about all things Southern, including our great Southern sports. And how about that Green Wave football team? Last year, they knocked off USC in the Cotton Bowl and a tremendous season for the American Conference champion, Tulane, Green Wave, and Willie Fritz. Wow. What a season. And then Tulane backed that up with some other great performances in their other sports. What a year for the olive and green, I guess olive is green, olive and blue of uh, Tulane University in New Orleans, Louisiana. Wow. 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 Now, let me tell you why I'm talking about Tulane, because I mentioned earlier in the show the odds that they're going to be playing for the college football playoff. I don't think I've got their actual number here, so I better be careful. I will tell you that I think Tulane's going to get things going in a big way this year. Their opening game against his, their opening game on the season is September 2nd at Yulman Stadium where their neighbor from Mobile drops by, the Jaguars of South Alabama. And then a huge game on ESPN2 the following week as for the first time those mighty Landshark Black Bear Colonel Rebs the Johnny Rebs of the University of Mississippi are going to be back in New Orleans and they'll be playing for the first time ever at Yulman Stadium against Tulane. It'll be Mississippi and Tulane on September 9th. Big time game with Tulane going up against Lane Kiffin and crew. Then the Green Wave will roll into Hattiesburg where last year Southern Miss knocked off Tulane early in the season. This year, Tulane hopes to get revenge, and the game in Hattiesburg at the Rock will be September the 16th. Then it's a game against Nichols. Then they've got UAB on the schedule. UAB now a member of the American Conference. UAB will be the Hall of Fame game on September 30th. Then Tulane will be in Memphis taking on the Memphis Tigers October 13th. And then a whole bunch of other American Conference opponents showing up. But I think 
look for Tulane to continue their tremendous 2022 season. And this may be the year that Tulane Greenway football reaches another level. And perhaps the first time since the Tommy Bowden era find themselves undefeated. It looks pretty pretty strong for them to do such a thing if they can just get past those daggum land sharks on September 9th. And I think they can with that game right there at Yulman Stadium. And you know what? If they get past Mississippi early in September, then yeah, sure enough, you might have Tulane in the college football playoff. And speaking of that, we've got a true, true sign that football's almost here. BetMGM has released their latest odds of teams expected to get to the college football playoff this year. The latest odds to make the playoff have been revealed, and let me tell you what they are. Georgia is at plus 220. That's the best in the land. Georgia, surprise, surprise, your back-to-back national champions, the highest odds-on favorite to get into, the, not to necessarily win the national championship, but to be in the playoff. Plus 220. Alabama, according to Bet GM's latest odds, is a plus 600 to get in. Then you got Ohio State at plus 700. Another Big Ten team, Michigan, is at plus 850. When you break down other ones, other teams, let's look at Alabama, for example. And this BetMGM did get into more detail. The odds of Alabama, I told you that Alabama's chance is plus 600. That is actually, I apologize, that is their odds for winning the national championship. Not just to get into the playoffs. So, Georgia at, at plus 220. Sheesh, that's not... <laughs> I, I would put my money on the dogs if you've got a few hundred dollars to spend. So, Georgia's at plus... That number there I told you about, plus 220. Alabama, plus 600. But Alabama's chance of winning the SEC, according to BetMGM, is a plus 300. The chance of them winning the final year of the SEC West is plus 105. The over and under for Alabama to have ten, to have a regular season win total, their over under of total wins for the regular season, 10 is what Bet GM, Bet MGM has out there. Let me see if I can't pull up their odds for teams like Tulane. Wouldn't that be fun? Let's see if it's easy to pull up. I may not be able to do it under the gun. Bet MGM, glad to see that they got uh, Jamie Foxx as their celebrity spokesperson. You'd think they'd have a sports person pictured high and mighty on their website of BetMGM.com. Now, this is evidently going to be something probably hidden behind a firewall. I can't tell you other teams, but Tulane, I'm going to go ahead and give you the odds on favorite better than Georgia. I'm going to go ahead and give Tulane the plus 200 odds of winning the national championship in 2023. Why not? Ah, this is a program that, shoot, I wasn't, I wouldn't be a bit surprised 10 years ago if they shut down football with all the problems they had at Tulane with Hurricane Katrina and other storms coming in and they had to build a new stadium. 
there are that really there there are a documentary to be made the rise of Tulane if they can keep it up and Willie Fritz I really believe look I'm surprised he's still the coach he won the Cotton Bowl for God's sakes at Tulane and he's still employed as the coach you, you thought maybe he would be offered a chance to to move on to an Auburn or somebody like that but Tulane still has the services of one Willie Fritz who did a, a very good job prior to coming to the Green Wave at Georgia Southern and we'll find out just how good they're they're in all right I, I need to stop talking about the wave here and tell you about the Houston Astros congratulations to a hurler on the mound Tuesday Frambeer Valdez as he pitched Houston's 16th no-hitter as the Strohs knocking off the Cleveland Indian Guardians two to nothing there in H-Town and this happened just after Houston got Justin Verlander back in the orange and navy to be a pitcher for them after they traded with the New York Mets but a huge pitching day for the Houston Astros your defending World Series champions and Valdez with a no-hitter Houston's 16th and Major League Baseball's third no-hitter of 2023 one other let me I meant to mention this earlier one other college football item that I wanted to tell you about as we close out our sports headlines this hour we all need to say a prayer for Julie Venables the wife of Brent Venables it has now been announced that she is fighting breast cancer and she recently underwent surgery this the wife of the head coach of the Oklahoma Sooners and for a long time of course she and Brent were in Clemson where he was the defensive coordinators the coach who spoke with reporters at the start of OU's training camp this week revealed that Julie was diagnosed on June 16th and underwent surgery just this past Friday he said they will soon learn whether she needs additional chemotherapy or radiation treatments he said that doctors are optimistic that the cancer did not spread to Julie's lymph nodes again this the wife of Brent Venables who they've been married since 1997 and they have four children together their son Jake played linebacker at Clemson and their son Tyler is a safety right now on the Clemson Tiger football team so our thoughts with the Venables and and their struggle with her breast cancer fight Oklahoma opens its season September 2nd against the Red Wolf Indians of Arkansas State so again Julie Venables wife of Brent Venables of Oklahoma fighting breast cancer we wish her all the best we're going to wrap up this hour of the y'all show when we come right back we've got a listing of the best states to retire in is your state in that mix we sure hope so and if you're a retiree you're probably sitting here saying John don't tell everybody to come to my state we got it good here we'll have that list as bank-locations.net has come up with this listing of the best states to retire in that will be up next and we're going to welcome in Megan Headwall to the fun to talk about it so stay tuned more of y'all coming right up Take this job and shove it. I ain't working here no more. A woman done left and took all the reason. 
shut the door Take this job and shove it I ain't working here no more I've been working in this factory For now 15 years All this time I watched my woman Drowning in a pool of tears I've seen a lot of good folk die Had a lot of bills to pay I'd give the shirt right off of my back All right, make it hang well, get ready to say. <laughs> Take this job and shove Come on now I, <laughs> I know you want to shove it You want to shove this job, don't you? Make it hang while join us As we wrap up hour two of the Y'all show, and you said you've got a history with this song. <laughs> no. uh, we used to listen to it sometimes, a friend and I. Did you ever actually tell somebody to take this job and shove it? Never. That's not professional. Have you ever wanted to retire? Every day I want to spend my days fishing. Do you really? Oh, yes. Fishing for what? Bass. Bass? Yeah. All right. How's that going? Not so well. I'm too young. <laughs> That's what they tell me. <laughs> oh, that has nothing to do with it. Too young to retire. You know what? You got to do like my nephew. My nephew is only 13, but he's a big fisherman. And has he officially retired? He has retired. Good for him. But his secret, which I would never become this big of a fisherman, his secret is the time of day that you fish. Hmm. I think you're fishing at the wrong time. You know the best time to fish? I don't, I don't want to tell you. Maybe I shouldn't tell early you. Early in the mornings? No. The evenings? Evening. Right before sunset. Right when the mosquitoes are out. Ugh. Does that, does that sound like something you can work out? Yeah, with lots of bug spray. No. I mean, he. I think he just... I mean, there are some people that can go outside and not be attacked. No, but they love me. They love me. Ugh. Yeah, know. they love me. I think <laughs> it must be our blood type. Do you know your blood type? No, I don't. Okay. Do you have blood... No, <laughs> I don't have a hot a red-blooded American. <laughs> Megan Headwall back here on the Y'all Show on this Wednesday. We're going to wrap up this hour. Megan's going to be on with me. We're going to get our blood boiling in hour three. We're going to talk about that indictment. Uh, what do you think about that? Yeah. Yeah. Well, we're going to drag it out of her, her thoughts on it. And we're going to talk about going on vacation. You think you can just take off your exercising when you go on vacation? I don't think so. Megan's going to share with us in hour three tips to staying in shape while you're goofing off on vacation yep so all that is heading your way but before we get to that spot of the y'all show we got to tell you about the best states to retire in as that listing has just come out and perhaps your state megan perhaps whatever state y'all might be listening to me in has made the cut of the best state to retire in because look it's it's one thing to work but when you get a chance to sign off your career don't you want to be in a place that you can enjoy the rest of your life and live in harmony yes and be in a good state well the website that has tracked all this down is bank locations bank dash locations if you're keeping score at home bank dash locations dot net is their website and we will have to tell you that texas and other southern states are among the best states to retire in. It's not surprising. Not surprising. Retirees in Texas have it best, according to bank locations, as they have awarded Texas first place in the country for retirement-friendly living. They got a score of 77.11 for Texas. Texas also 
has elevated results for senior amenities and favorable weather. Your favorite state came in right beside Texas on this list, Megan. Tennessee? Nope, Michigan. That is not my favorite state. <laughs> Joining Texas on the top 10 list, Michigan. Michigan had a score of 73.43. Florida came in third, 72 on the scale. Georgia is at 68. Tennessee is fifth with a 66-point ranking. North Carolina right behind them, followed by Utah. Arizona rounds out states with a close margin all packaged in together. Then you got Idaho and Missouri in your states. Florida, the cost of living in Florida lowers their overall ranking. Still, Florida's quality of life, they say, is is its access to health care is good and then they have disaggregated scores ranking first and second respectively. I have no idea what that means. Again, this comes from a pretty fancy website called bank-locations.net. I'm sure you go home and surf that website every day. Oh yeah, definitely. Yeah, so Georgia, affordability is a top perk for retirees moving to Georgia. Quality of life scores drop due to small percentage of seniors in the state and a poor air quality index. Come on. I've been able to breathe in that mountain air in North Georgia and had a good time doing it. Tennessee is in fifth place in this ranking of the best states to retire in. And according to this website, the Volunteer State secures this spot of number five thanks to its low tax burden and overall appealing cost of living. Tennessee also has poor air quality, lower life expectancy, and higher crime rates. Hmm. Only in Memphis, though. (laughs) <laughs> North Carolina's on this list. I'm kidding, Memphis. No, not really, no, actually. Not really. <laughs> North Carolina's on the list. Assess access to health care and the cost of retired living make the Tar Heel State attractive for retirees. North Carolina needs to improve in the quality of life category. Are you listening to us over there in North Carolina? You should. And then they don't really get into the other 40 states. They just kind of focus in on the top 10 states. But, yes, congratulations to Texas. And really all of the southern states that made the cut, including Florida, Georgia, Tennessee, North Carolina. As this is a pretty good place, I think, the south to retire in. So keep that in mind, Megan. Please don't go retire to Michigan. No, that's not my plan. It's not? No. But you could if you had to. Mm, I don't want to. Maybe you could be partly retired in Michigan and partly retired in... Be like one of those snowbirds. Key West. Yeah, be one of those snowbirds. Come down every winter. Uh, You call them snowbirds. I call them a damn Yankee. (laughs) Okay, whatever your choice of uh, language is. Sorry about that, Mom. I just cursed on the Y'all Show. But, uh, yeah, that is good information to know. And, you know, we have a lot of people go to Florida. Florida, let me remind you, if you are listening and you're not familiar with the taxation of the South, there are two southern states that are known for not having taxes. Florida and Tennessee. And those two states get a lot of people moving there because of those tax laws or not having tax. So keep that in mind, Megan. And there are southern states like Mississippi that are fighting hard to get rid of taxes, trying to copy what Tennessee and Florida have done. Imagine a world... With no taxes. With no taxes. (laughs) Imagine a world where we have a whole other hour of the Y'all Show headed your way and that in fact is going to happen we're going to make your dreams come true when we come back we're going to talk about indictment number three all that plus staying in shape when you're on vacation we'll have the final hour of the y'all show headed your way after this break
We are back on y'all for our final hour. I'm John. She's Megan. And this is the show that shakes the Southland with a blend of news and sports and politics and travel and exercise and a little bit of everything right here on what we call the Y'all Show. You can find the Y'all Show podcast on Spotify, iHeartRadio, the TuneIn app, as well as Apple Podcasts, Apple iTunes, and at y'all.com. You can reach out to us here at the Y'all Show. We have an awesome email address, and that's mail, M-A-I-L, at y'all.com. And we also have our 24-hour-a-day text line if you're catching us on the podcast. It doesn't matter if it's 4 in the morning. That's when you often catch the Y'all Show podcast, Megan, right? Sure. Or is it 2 in the morning? <laughs> you can text us at 615-208-4184. In fact, I got a text that has just come in, Megan, that I got to read before I get into indictment talk because that's the big story on this Wednesday y'all show plus Megan in a few minutes is going to tell us how you can stay in shape when you're off on vacation don't don't be a slacker y'all there's some things you can do and Megan's going to share that with us before she takes off later in the show and then I'm going to close up today's y'all show with a southern history spotlight we're going to learn all about Acadiana and the American Indian tribes that inhabited Louisiana when the French settlers arrived there back in the 18th century. So we've got a lot of Louisiana history coming up before we get out of here today. But let's go to that text line again. You can text us anytime, 615-208-4184. And texter says, Southern by heart, but the Cubs are the best team in baseball. Now, why would they ruin the mood <laughs> talking about the dang Chicago Cubs here? Texter, oh, Texter also says, hey, Megan. Hello. Are you a Cubs fan? No. No. No, I, I told you, I prefer hockey. Oh, that's worse than, ba- <laughs> I'd rather you be a Cubs fan. <laughs> oh. But at least I know who I think you, you you cheer for on the ice. Who was that? Those Predators. Yeah, absolutely. Okay, have you been to a game? <laughs> oh, yes, they're great. Okay, I haven't been. Again, I, have not been. I love it for the fights. And I was living in Nashville in 1997 when they arrived, so that's pretty slack. Yeah, like yeah. It was 97 or 98 when they got there. They actually beat the Oilers slash Titans to Nashville, and so I probably would have been a huge fan if the NFL franchise had not moved there, but I just uh, I got sidetracked. Yeah. Yeah, and that happens. But I, I, you know what I didn't become? I did not become a Chicago Cubs fan. <laughs> The worst team in baseball. Just kidding. They're, they're, they're doing – they actually are winning. I think they may even have a winning record. Yeah. But, uh, Texter, they're a long way behind. To each their own. That team out of Gwinnett County, Georgia. No, they're not out of Cobb County, Georgia. they got a long way to go to catch up with that team. <laughs> All right, let's – speaking of Georgia, that happened to be in the news a few years ago when you had the presidential election. Did you remember that? What? Georgia and votes counted oh and that was yeah yeah 2020 yeah well georgia because of the problems there because of problems in other states well that made a guy named donald trump mad when he was still in the office yeah and he tried to delay the counting of votes on january 6th of 2021 when he was still in office well on tuesday the 45th president of the united states received not his first not his second but his third indictment yeah in the last couple of months and this indictment specifically for his trying to stop the counting of the votes and obstructing government megan we have been waiting for you to talk about this (laughs) so what do you think of indictment number three donald trump now 
the cat out of the bag. He's going to be indicted, officially indicted, I think Thursday when he goes to Washington, D.C. Yeah. Help me make sense of this. You can't make sense of this. I think this being the third, I think people's eyes are starting to be opened. That's how I open. I, I like, thought they were being closed. Well, I know I think they're being open as to just like how corrupt and broken the system is. And I'm, I'm going to butcher it. I'm not doing a direct quote, quote, but Trump basically said, you know, he's the thing in between us and them. If they keep going after Trump or any political opponent that they have, what's stopping them coming after a random Joe? You know, yeah. it's so corrupt. So I know we don't have enough time, but don't you think uh, from what I remember from January 6th, Trump wasn't trying to overturn the election specifically that day. He was just trying to get them to wait a few days to finish yeah. the whole, what one side would say, fake electors plot. But he was trying to make sure that they had the uh, the official counts in and the official... Right. Instead of counting your eggs before they hatched kind of thing. Yeah, because yeah. again, according to our country's laws, you did not absolutely have to count on January 6th. It could have been pushed back a few days. Yeah. Am I right on that? I'm not sure. I don't okay, don't, don't take me to court. More. No. <laughs> Jack Smith, don't come calling. All right? <laughs> but that's the way I remembered it. But remember, as I yeah. said in hour two, we used to not have presidents sworn into office until March. Mm-hmm. That's when inaugurals were held in March. And then they changed it sometime in the 20th century to be a January 20th swearing in. And... I know deep down that look we've we've seen so many people who are smart and smart about elections say over and over that there were some discrepancies yeah. that happened in the 2020 election and it still is really head scratching to me that Biden got the amount of votes he got in the middle of a pandemic yeah how he got what 85 million somewhere along those lines he got nearly 10 million more votes than trump and trump got more votes than any sitting president had ever received and you're telling me that biden got that many more again i'm not here to litigate the 2020 election i'm just telling you something seemed fishy and especially right in in the heat of the moment back in 2020 i can see where trump wasn't so willing to just walk away and give up he wanted to get to the truth of what happened yeah. now the characters surrounding him probably weren't helping him the Giuliani's and what was that woman that was the attorney that was helping him out I forgot her yeah. name but people that are in serious trouble now because they were pushing the whole notion that that the election was stolen or rigged or whatever and we see in Michigan this week the attorney general's just come down with more indictments there on the fake elector scheme of that state. Hmm. And so it is a a story that will likely keep writing new chapters as we go forward. But the latest chapter, Jack Smith, the appointed guy from Merrick Garland, coming down hard on Donald Trump on Tuesday with his third indictment. And when I was referencing a moment ago about you know waking you up, it's mm-hmm. making me fall asleep because I don't even care. You're starting to become de- Desensitized. I'm desensitized to indictments. So I don't care if you bring me an indictment, Megan. I really don't care. Bring it. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) See you in court. (laughs) No, I don't want to go to court. We might be just able to to fax those in soon. But, yeah, Trump going to be officially indicted Thursday. And 
there's this, I don't know if you've heard this, Megan, this belief that there's a chance because he's got his third indictment now, a fourth one's likely coming out of Fulton County, Georgia. Somebody out there may decide that Trump doesn't need to be a free man, that he might need to be in jail, like all those other January 6th conspirators, the people that they've had in jail for three years now, and they're not getting out of jail anytime soon. If those people can be in jail because they broke into the Capitol, what about the guy that the government's claiming caused them to break into the Capitol? Don't you think they'd want to keep him locked up too? Yeah, I think that's, I think, again, he's a huge political opponent and they're just trying to keep their opponent down. He's the biggest threat. Isn't it odd that right now Trump and Biden are neck and neck? Mm, Are they, though? Are they? I don't know. You tell me, boss. (laughs) I don't think so. You don't, so what do you think it is? I think Trump's probably ahead of Biden. You think think, so? Yeah, I think with the Biden administration, people's eyes started to become open just looking at how the economy is going right now. So. How's it going? Poorly. <laughs> just want to make shut sure. Down pipelines. Because if you listen to them, I mean, I listened to the senator from Delaware. Mm-hmm. I think I think I heard him talking the other day. And no, it's I guess it's the guy that took over for Joe Biden after he got elected president, or after he went to the vice president. They say uh, Chris, whatever his name is, it Chris Kuntz. Um, I don't really keep up with Democratic senators from Delaware too much. I wish I wouldn't be keeping up with a former Democratic senator from Delaware now that I think about it. But uh, he was on TV being interviewed, and he was just pushing how much Joe Biden has accomplished. Oh, he's All, accomplished a lot. Yeah. What, what, what are those accomplishments, Megan? Higher gas prices, yeah. groceries going up, yeah. inflation. Check. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> It's all of it. They were talking about like the infrastructure thing. That was a big accomplishment. What was it? I mean, here's the sad part. That should have gone through when Trump was president, when he had when he had Republicans in the lead in both the Senate and the House. But you know what? Because of the Paul Ryan's of the world, they didn't want to help Trump's agenda out. So he a simple layup like infrastructure didn't get passed during Trump's time in office. Mm. And that's just sad. <laughs> but indictment number three comes your way courtesy of Jack Smith. Have you seen that guy? No, I haven't. He's kind of creepy looking. All right, I'll have to look him up later. Yeah, you might see when he comes in and indicts you sometime. <laughs> have you ever had legal problems? Because if you have, I want to hear all about it right here on live radio. Me personally? Yeah. No. no. Not yet. Not Knock yet. on wood. <laughs> no, the only, I, I think we were laughing about this earlier, some of the most serious trouble I've ever got happened in the good old judicial system of the county that you live in. And I got I got out of it because I had to pay some kind of crazy system where you pay money to get out of having a ticket. And I think that's probably just sad, too, <laughs> as the peanut gallery explodes here at the Y'all Show. <laughs> All right. Uh, that's our story. That's our big story of the day here on the Y'all Show, the Trump indictment. One other news story to pass along out of Louisiana a sheriff's deputy, a sheriff's, or not a sheriff's, a police officer with the Ville Platte, Louisiana police force killed when they went and went and served a warrant in that Louisiana town on Tuesday. Another man also shot, but a sad, sad story out of the Pelican State today as we mourn the loss of this deputy marshal out of Ville Platte, Louisiana, losing his life. I don't have the age of. Deputy Marshal Barry Gigolo, but he died at the scene at Ville Platte whenever he was working there in Evangeline Parish on Tuesday. Mm -hmm. And that wraps up our news headlines 
for this final hour of the Y'all Show. When we come back, Megan and I are going to talk about how when you go on vacation, of which Megan just got back from. Nice tan, by the way. (laughs) Right. (laughs) Yeah. Did you lay out at all? I was outside a little bit, but no. What do you do on vacation? Do you sit around crying because you're not hanging out with us? No. I sleep. I eat a lot. <laughs> hey, I can tell. I'm just kidding. Just kidding. We're going to talk Dominating about... Dominating Dixie. Well, no, I don't want to hear you. Hush, lady. Uh, I want to hear all about what you, what you did or did not do in terms of exercise when you're on vacation you'll make me tell on myself i'm gonna you're gonna reveal (laughs) we're gonna go get the kleenex during the break and we're gonna talk about it all right here when the y'all show on this wednesday edition comes right back it's gonna be fun y'all Sitting at home, no. Bet you think that I'm all alone, no. Bet you think I'm missing you and wishing you would call my phone. Hell no. I went wheels up on a runway, and that ticket was a one way. I'm somewhere on a beach, sipping something strong. Got a new girl, she got it going on. We drink all day and party all night. Too gonna have you on my mind She got a body And she's naughty And she got me like you Ain't ever got me I'm getting some, getting some And I ain't slept in a week Yeah, I'm somewhere on a beach That would be Mr. Dirks Bentley out of Arizona With that song, Somewhere on a Beach We're back on the Y'all show. I'm John, and I'm powered by Megan Headwall here on this Wednesday edition. And Megan, you were away for a couple of months, it seemed like, recently, as you went all the way to Yankee Land for your vacation. Yeah. And were you somewhere on the beach? I wish. No. <laughs> I did one day to over to Lake Michigan. Hmm. Yeah. But other than that, no. How was the pollution there? It was fine. <laughs> was it? Yeah. Lake Michigan, which means if you were in Michigan, you were opposite of Chicago, right? Yes. So you didn't have any Chicago waste uh, come visit you? No, thankfully. Uh, I'm, I'm picking. I'm sure Lake Michigan's a fine place to go. It is. Even in Chicago, when I was last up there, looking out over Lake Michigan from my hotel, I mean, it, it's, it's pretty. Yeah. The, the water was cool. I'm, I went out to Navy Pier, got some great pictures. I mean, it... Yeah. I know it's uh, the enemy territory, but yeah, I guess they could have some beautiful spots out there. But when you're in Michigan or Chicago or you're in Bangkok, (laughs) it doesn't matter. You have no excuse to not do a little bit of fitness while on vacation. And Megan, what's that acronym you are? A C? CPT. CPT. Miss CPT, Megan Headwall. Just because you're off goofing off doesn't mean you can't do a little something to stay in shape. You know, in past shows, I always come on here and say something mean like, oh, you can't eat this or that. I'm actually going to be nice today. If you're on vacation, you're on vacation and you're there to take a break. So sometimes we do need a break from the gym, both physically and mentally. Um, I know something different 
preaching. Yeah, but you didn't do it when you were away. I did. I took a break. Yeah, but you didn't. You didn't exercise. Yeah. Well, no. So you're going to come on here and sound like a hypocrite. No, 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 no. <laughs> no, this. <laughs> you have permission to take a break on okay. vacation. <laughs> but if you want to keep up a little yes, bit of the fun. So if you want to work out don't force yourself to but if you want to you know if you do like a split training day if you have a push pull day or if you divide up your muscle groups when you hit them instead if you're only going to work out once or twice on your week two week vacation hit total body just hit a little bit of everything instead of trying to split up the workout so how do you do this hit like like where do you do this upper body are these things you got to go into the gym at the hotel or you can do the gym at the hotel or your resort or you can even do body weight exercises right there in your hotel room if you wanted to is that right yep like what squats planks push-ups sit-ups lunges on that dirty hotel floor yeah maybe put maybe get, bring your yoga mat or put a towel down or something don't be rolling i'm trying to keep from going to the er for catching diseases <laughs> right. while on vacation right um but yeah don't don't force yourself to work out if you don't feel like it take a break and enjoy your time with friends and family now, i'm not the world's biggest proponent of exercise i don't know if you've noticed that yet but but i, I do a little bit yeah. I, do, I do a little bit and i've actually exercised while on vacation or at least away from my norm and in some ways it's kind of fun because you go off in a different environment yeah i don't recommend running while you're on vacation but i've gone and walked before yeah and so, that that's kind of neat to be walking in an area that you're not used to going because if you're like me and you walk your normal path you kind of it gets old after a while yeah. seeing the same pavement right i like new pavement <laughs> yeah if you can if you can walk places versus taking a car or a shuttle or anything like that go ahead and walk that's way better for you and it's easy to do um i'm not a fan of running other than running my mouth but going on runs too is good but well i've enjoyed i've actually worked out in a hotel before and i like that part because i got to use their towels when i went and took my shower shower and that's when i'm at home when i have that extra workout meaning extra I have, laundry I, yeah it's extra laundry and i don't have to worry about what that when i'm at a hotel yeah that's kind of nice too a little break from laundry yeah <laughs> except and a, when you come back in a, a deep deep dark secret about me are you ready you think you can handle this Uh-oh. because of it? my laundry problems uh-huh. i usually use a hand towel to dry off what yeah it works well i guess to each their own <laughs> i mean some people like use a big giant towel yeah. for multiple days oh yeah i don't want to do that i have a nice fresh towel every day it's just a hand towel it's still a lot of laundry but because i use hand towels i can go through a week I can do my laundry like just once a week versus every couple days yeah because you know towels do take up a lot of stuff so i don't know if that's the world's most alarming secret but it works it works for me okay i'm not over here wiping myself up on you to get dry no so don't 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 judge (laughs) (laughs) the other thing is is you know a lot of these times when we go on vacation we have those buffets or the all-inclusive and you can eat all you want oh i mean food's a big reason a lot of people go on vacation yes i know that's the only reason people go on cruises yes and as i've said (laughs) before everything in moderation but if you are gonna go and eat try drinking a glass of water before you eat that'll help fill you up and also hydration is important and also trying to choose those high protein meals or eating the protein or the meat on your plate first before you move to other stuff because that's going to fill you up quickly and get your muscles what they need to maintain 
So okay. watching what we're eating. So I, I got to remember that whole water before you eat. Yeah, drink a glass of water and then eat because it's going to fill you up a little bit. I mean, like the other day I went to a restaurant and I got, I ordered the regular burger versus the double burger. Boy, that double burger looked really good. But I only <laughs> ordered the single burger. Good that that had to be a lot better for me, right? Sure. But I probably would have been just as full if I had had a glass of water too, right? <laughs> Maybe water with the single burger would fill me up just as much as if you had the double burger. Possibly. Depending. Isn't that right? Um, theoretically, yes. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Of course, I'm right. Say that. That's what you're supposed to come on here and say. <laughs> yes, John, you're right. So, anything else you got? Uh, the don't drink your calories. When we go on vacation, some people like to drink a lot. The beers are very high in empty calories. So, if you are going to drink, stick to something more like a dry wine or like a vodka soda because it's going to be less calories, less sugar. So, mm. it's a little bit healthier. So, Megan, is there a healthy alcoholic drink? I mean, if you can stick to the clear stuff like vodkas or tequilas because oh. they're the clear stuff is a little bit better for you versus okay. the all the in moderation of course in moderation yes and make sure to drink plenty of water and be 21 and be 21 and all our other legal disclaimers and and and. yeah (laughs) and then the last thing i have is when you're on vacation make sure that you're getting enough sleep we've talked about sleep before how important it is for recovery after the gym Um, but make sure that you get your sleep and don't stay out too late because you ever go on vacation and on your vacation you're like man i can't wait to go home and get a vacation from this vacation Sometimes we come back and we're more tired than when we left because we tried to fit everything in. So getting good rest. If you are, let me tell you from personal experience, if you are thinking about exercising or doing some form of exercise while you're away on vacation or maybe a quick work trip, don't do like I've done and leave your favorite ear pieces behind. Oh, yeah, that's rough. Yeah, Or the charger. Or the charger. <laughs> you don't want it to die. Or even the shoes. You know, when I exercise, I have my own pair of shoes for, for right. that. And I don't. Uh, if I don't have my shoes, I'm not going to go out exercising. But if you do leave your headphones and your shoes home, then maybe subconsciously you weren't meant to work out on that trip. Mm, maybe so, maybe so. <laughs> but, but I do enjoy them. One of the, the perks of exercising is to get out there, get under the bright sun. Serotonin, endorphins. And, and put on the, your favorite earbuds. Yeah, the dopamine. And go. Get that good music or the y'all show cranked up while you're out exercising and sweating and and just making the most of it. And then, oh, getting back and getting that nice warm shower and using that hand towel to dry off. Okay. And then take a nap. Oh, is that what you do? Oh, no. I eat some food and then maybe take a nap. Okay. So the food, I I go out and eat a big meal because usually I like to exercise first. Yeah. Is that bad? to exercise before you kind of get going with my day no that's that would be more of like a fasted cardio you do it on an empty stomach so there's nothing in the tank to burn so the only other option your body has for energy is to go out well i primarily do that megan so i don't have to take a second shower okay so there's a method to the madness yeah there is don't steal my method no or i'll be mad (laughs) but yeah enjoy whatever the case is if you have that chance for that last second summer vacation yep Please don't think you can't exercise. Follow Megan's advice. Exercise a little bit if you want to, and if not, it's okay. It's not the end of the world. Jump back on when you come back. Oh, that's not what you're supposed to say. You're supposed to be in here. I told you, I'm trying to be nice today. Yelling at people, Megan. (laughs) No. (laughs) Well, we are glad that you did come back from your vacation, and uh, I still haven't seen all the photos. Where's your scrapbook? 
What's, what is a scrapbook? <laughs> you don't I'm have, just kidding. <laughs> yeah, we want to see your Yankee vacation scrapbook. You did have it's, some good food. Yeah, it's I've, I posted it on Instagram. I know. You yeah, have, you, I didn't know what scrapbook. you meant by seafood dump. Yeah, or like a seafood boil. Basically. Well, yeah, but yeah. you called it a dump. Yeah, we call because you dump it out. Yeah, but I never heard it called that way. Oh, well, that's what we call well, it. I mean, well, I don't care how y'all do it up north. <laughs> I care about how you do it down Hell's here. Hell. Yeah, yeah but, but I thought it was also kind of like similar to a photo dump. Because you did put a photo dump of your seafood dump. I did. I put a photo dump of my seafood dump on my Instagram. <laughs> and it was delicious. Yeah. And you had, like, the big old crab legs. Where oh, do those things come from? The ocean. Okay. They I'm didn't sorry. come from Lake Michigan. I don't, and I didn't, no. Did anything in that thing come out of Lake Michigan? No. Nothing. Not even the bass. There were no bass. I know. You, our bass fishing expert right here. <laughs> we're going to have to gift you to come talk about bass fishing sometime. Oh, I, don't, I don't know much. That's when we'll have people call in and go, she doesn't Who know do you fish with? Myself. Really? Yeah, it's quiet time. Oh, man. I was hoping you'd join. I could join you sometime. Nope. You can't share your secret fishing spots. Right, well, we'll go to some other places. It's not so good. <laughs> not so good if we're like fishing? Yeah. Oh. It's not about the fishing. It is about the fishing. It's about the <laughs> fish dump or whatever <laughs> you want to see yeah that too uh, megan we will see you back here monday absolutely you have a good rest of your week and thank y'all for listening to our conversation about <laughs> donald trump and indictments and a little exercise talk to we're going to talk acadiana history when we come right back of not only Cajun, but some good country music songs also have come from Joel Saunier, and that is a song called Jambalaya. A guy named Bo Cephas, not Bo Cephas, Bo Cephas' daddy, <laughs> wrote that song. Uh, what did they, what was a Hank Sr., uh, I'm having a, 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 a senior moment here, of his nickname. Of course, Hank Sr. would be one of his nicknames, but it'll come to me in a second. But yeah, that song that Hank Sr. penned Luke the Drifter, that would be it. Yeah, I knew it would come to me. Uh, Jambalaya, song there, Joel Sonye giving us a little good old Louisiana French spin to it. Love it, love it here. And in the spirit of Louisiana, we're going to close out today's Y'all Show telling you all about Acadiana and a little bit more of the history of Louisiana because we need to know and we love that Cajun music that have that comes out of Louisiana. 
Acadiana, also known as Cajun Country, is the official name given to French Louisiana, and it is the region historically that had the Francophone population, the people like Joel Saunier that speak a little French. Many inhabitants of Cajun Country have Acadian ancestry, and if you don't know what Acadia is or was, well, let me tell you all about that here as we wrap up this third hour of the Y'all Show. The Acadians, an ethnic group descending from the French who settled in the New France colony of Acadia during the 17th and 18th centuries. Now, Acadia, according to the history books, wasn't just contained to Louisiana. Most Acadians in the region of Acadia are descendants of the Acadians who escaped the expulsion of the Acadians out of New Brunswick in Canada now. The expulsion of the Acadians known as the Great Upheaval, the forced removal of these French speakers. And this happened by the British. The British kicked out these French inhabitants of the Canadian-American region known as Acadia. And this happened between 1755 and 1764, so certainly before the American Revolution this happened. And this was in the area of Canada, the maritime provinces of Nova Scotia, New Brunswick, and Prince Edward Island, and also in the current-day U.S. state of Maine. Thousands of people died as this was happening during the French and Indian War. The French first deported Acadians to the 13 colonies starting in 1758 but ultimately they would move them into what would become Louisiana the forced relocation you, you could call it a 18th century holocaust of sorts the expulsion of the Acadians out of those maritime islands and provinces of Canada and even in the state of what would become Maine in that time period of history. So these people forced to, to come because of France not being able to knock off Great Britain in that French and Indian War. They come into South Louisiana and settle, and they bring with them their language, their history, their customs, and more. And, of course, what would Louisiana be without the Acadian connection? Now, I will tell you, I'm going to take a moment here before I keep talking about Acadians to tell you about those who were already in Louisiana when some of the first white settlers arrived in South Louisiana. And that would be the American Indians. When the Europeans arrived, they ended up coming across people who had been there for 10,000 years. There's a national monument in West Carroll Parish, the Poverty Point National Monument, and it remains as a symbol of the American Indian presence. There are Indian mounds in places like the Barsteria Preserve of Louisiana. Mound building societies lived throughout Louisiana as early as 4500 B.C., There are various tribes that have come to Louisiana, the various Indian tribes. In fact, 
There are 22 distinct languages in Louisiana of American Indians. European explorers, when they came to Louisiana, provided the first written records about American Indians in the southeast, including in that was Louisiana. Hernando de Soto's expedition described villages along the Mississippi River. Historians estimate that tens of thousands of native people lived in Louisiana, and they spoke those 22 distinct languages. Unfortunately, new diseases brought by the outsiders, by the explorers, if you will, the various wars and government-forced displacement caused a major decline of the indigenous populations of Louisiana. Today, there are four federally recognized tribes in the state of Louisiana. The, the Jenna Band of Choctaw Indians, the Tunica Biloxi Tribe of Louisiana, the Cushata Tribe of Louisiana, and the Chittimaca Tribe of Louisiana. Louisiana recognizes 11 different tribes throughout the Pelican State. So, yes, yeah, some proud American Indian heritage already in the state when the first French Acadian settlers got there in the 18th century. The present-day Acadiana inhabited by these Acadians after the resettlement and there they would one reason I bring up the American Indians a lot of these Acadians would intermarry with some of the American Indians they would be mixed in with some free slaves and more and you really come up with this Cajun and Zydeco culture in 1971 the Louisiana state legislature officially recognized 22 Louisiana parishes and other parishes of similar cultural environment for their strong French Acadian cultural aspects. And it made that area of Louisiana the heart of Acadiana. Now, of course, this part of Louisiana gets devastated by storms like hurricanes that pass through on a what seems like yearly basis. There are currently, as of the 2020 census, in these parishes of Louisiana that are considered Acadiana almost 1.5 million people consider themselves are, are part of the Cajun culture that's a lot of people and you can find out a lot more by going to LafayetteTravel.com as in some ways Lafayette Louisiana is sort of the unofficial capital of Cajun country and if you look at the disbursement of the heavy Cajun culture from essentially Alexandria in the middle part of the state down to the coast from New Orleans all the way back to the Texas border that, that's what we're talking about when we talk about Acadiana and yeah it's very very deep Cajun in places like Napoleonville or let's say down the highway down the, the bayou from there you got where Nichols State is located Thibodeau, Louisiana, and uh, then going out toward Lafayette and more. It's it's just a unique part of Southern history. It's certainly a big part of Louisiana's history is the Acadiana influence and culture and that whole swamp lifestyle. And uh, it's just it's just if you've never taken a vacation there, you, you really ought to. Now, being a flag expert, 
did you realize that Acadiana has its own flag? It looks a whole lot like the Philippine flag if you ever have a chance to see it. I've been, I've had to do a double take before as a flag expert to tell if a flag is Acadiana or is that the Philippines flag because they're almost identical in their white, navy blue, and red color combination. But yes, as I said, hurricanes have played a big part of the the problem that these parishes of Louisiana have had to go through the last decade or so since 2005's Hurricane Katrina for sure. Now, this part of Louisiana is also known for its great marshland of which you have cultivated in that marshland rice and sugarcane all out of this part of Louisiana. And even if you get into East Texas, if you get really all the way over to Beaumont, you'll still see some Cajun influence in the state of Texas. And I I really enjoy, as a tourist to that part of the state of Louisiana, enjoy my time there, the music, the, the people, the fun. And I am a fan of Cajun music. We just played, starting a segment out, some Joel Saunier music. But one of the neat things about Louisiana is they always often call that state truly a melting pot. New Orleans is a quintessential melting pot, seeing that it's a huge city. But even throughout the rest of the state, especially in South Louisiana, it it truly is a, a melting pot of cultures. And even within the Acadian culture, you've got, yes, most people identify as Cajun, have that French Acadian background, but some of them have had German influence come in there as both German and Polish settlers came into the area as early as 1721. In fact, they settled what would become the German Coast, which is an area on the west bank of the Mississippi River up from New Orleans. And it is St. Charles and St. John the Baptist parishes is where you'll find the German Coast. If I'm not incorrect on this, I think that is where... um, Magnolia Alley or Alligator Alley is is located, the famous plantation that is often seen photographed. I think that's part of the German coast. They even had a slave riot back on the German coast area of Louisiana well before the Civil War. It was a scary, scary time there when they had this slave revolt and they came down toward New Orleans and that really put the fear in a lot of people at that time in American history. It led to some real changes and a lot of places stepping up their possible defense of a, of a slave right. This is a time where the slave population by far outnumbered the white plantation owner society of that, of that time and place in American history. Yes, you have within the area also Creoles. Creoles are descendants of the region's original settlers who arrived in Louisiana before or after the arrival of the Acadians. The term Creole used to denote anyone who was native to Louisiana regardless of race or ethnic region. So Creoles can identify as black or white or mixed race also. I didn't know that. And then the style of music coming out of that Creole is is Zydeco in a lot of ways. And that's some great music as well. It is a fascinating read and a fascinating experience learning about 
the various cultures. Remember, the Spanish controlled Louisiana from 1770 to 1803. So you have French, you have Spanish, and then even in Baton Rouge, which isn't exactly heavy Cajun culture, but it is considered part of Acadiana, East Baton Rouge Parish, they had there in Baton Rouge, the that was the head of the, the capital city of what would become the Republic of West Florida, which just after the Spanish left, that was its own sort of country for a couple of years there. Even had their own flag, the Bonnie Blue flag, out of Baton Rouge's Republic of West Florida, which stretched from Baton Rouge all the way to West Florida. It was all its own kind of country there. Those Mississippi counties like Harrison, Hancock, and Jackson County, as well as Mobile, and on the Alabama coast, Baldwin County, and then stretching to Pensacola. I love that part of the Republic of West Florida. And that's why if you go down to the Baton Rouge area now, and if you're around Hammond and places like that, they call that area the Florida Parishes because they were part of that West Florida Republic of the early 1800s. Man, are we pounding you with all kinds of information today. But yes, proud of the great connection that Acadiana and its American Indian residents also brought forth when this area of our country was established in its early days. And on the Y'all Show, as part of our Southern History Spotlight, we have been telling you all about Acadiana and more and glad to do it. You know what? We're going to gather right back here Thursday. We're going to have more Southern conversation. We've got hashtag hullabaloo coming up. We also have the latest out of Nashville, Tennessee. It's our Nashville Music Line report, and we'll give you all the scoop on country music news and notes. Plus, we'll have the festivals going on this weekend across the southeast, and I bet you somewhere in Louisiana there's going to be one heck of a festival that you can attend. If you can't get to Louisiana, I know there's at least one cool festival just to the east of Louisiana that you might want to check out. That would be the Watermelon Carnival in Water Valley, Mississippi. That's going on this weekend. And a whole bunch of other great festivals across the Southland. So you don't want to miss out on the fun. We'll walk through the 16 different states' weekend festive fun on our Thursday Y'all Show. Until we get back together, don't forget you can catch the Y'all Show podcast on Spotify, iHeartRadio, the TuneIn app, as well as on Apple Podcast and Apple iTunes. Search for Y'all Show. Until we're back here on Thursday, y'all have a great rest of your day, and thanks for listening to the Y'all Show. <laughs>